to the Humans of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by David Sayers, business development and sales consultant at Fincelerate. Now, Fincelerate offers outsourced sales and business development services to fintech companies and fintech consulting services to financial institutions. David boasts a 30-year career in investment banking and as an investor himself is very passionate about parity and opportunity. He is here today to share his journey and what he has been doing to give back. So welcome David, it's great to have you here today. Thanks for taking the time with me today, it's really good to be here. So to kick things off, tell us a little bit about you and your career history. Sure, so during my 30-year career in investment banking I was very fortunate to you know, see lots of elements of the business, but at the same time, as, as well as being a father, raising a family, traveling a lot, I was also very conscious that there was things going on around me that needed to perhaps be considered and that you know, the, the gap between the haves and the have-nots was just a bit too, too large. So one of the initial things that I did was I took a sabbatical about 13 years ago where the company was very supportive and I took three months off, which included some nice travel around Asia. But when I came back, I worked for a charity called Business in the Community. And Business in the Community is one of the organisations that works very hard to raise awareness of this disparity that I know that Harrington Star are very aware of. So I spent some time working on a project uh, with this charity where I tried to improve the liaison between the financial services industry and education. And what that meant was that the skill sets that many people in the city have got, which often just concentrated for the good of earning money, could actually be used for the good of society. So we actually wrote a project which was trying to encourage more people in the city to share those skills in becoming school governors or becoming involved with schools in the area. And as a result of that, I became a governor of a school uh, over in the East End, Osmani Primary School, which I'm very proud of my continued involvement with. This school is right next to Brick Lane, obviously had its problems, but is run by a fantastic leader now. And this school now rates uh, top in, towards the top in the country for SATS results. Yeah, because of the involvement, because of the strong leadership, but you know, also the involvement of financial uh, firms who go in and provide mentoring services. They provide some financial support. They provide help to the management. Uh, what you'll often find with schools is they're run by amazing educationalists. But yeah, these are these are multi-million pound businesses, and these businesses, you know, do need some help from people that have, you know, got the skills. And so, yeah, that was 12 years ago. I've continued that all the way through. And then I left the investment bank four years ago to join Fincelerate. Perfect. So it's so, so interesting hearing that journey. And I love the fact that you've spoken about skills a number of times, because this is what we're here for. This is what we want to be doing, identifying skills that can be transferred. And sometimes those skills transferred from investment banking outside, but also skills from outside investment banking to be transferred into it. I wanted to talk to you about some of the skills you've gained across your 30 plus year career um, and your history at investment banks. Sure, okay. So someone very bright said to me when I left the city, because you know, we all go through this, you know, this has been my life, do I have another life afterwards? And actually what, what I 
was lucky enough to meet was a very clever career consultant who said to me, David, what you need to do is write down all the skills that you've learned over the last 30 years, but I don't want to know what you used to do as a job. So build the jigsaw in a slightly different way so that these skills can be deployed in a different way. And if you know, and everyone would struggle if I said to you today, what are your skills? And you might struggle, but actually if you sit down with a piece of paper and by process of osmosis, actually in the next weeks think, well, actually, I'm quite good at networking. I'm financially astute. I can stand in a room and present to people. I have particular skills, whether it's philanthropy, I have particular skills that I can play the violin, I have particular skills, you know, whatever it is. And you don't necessarily have this awareness of your skill set straight away. But if you can then bring yourself to the fore in terms of actually realising what those skills are, then you're not trapped on the same journey that you've always been on. And when I say that journey, that means that I didn't need to be an investment banker for the rest of my life. I didn't need to just be a wage slave to you know, pay the bills. Because actually, and there's, there's a word I've been looking for for the last four years that I still haven't found. I'm sure the Scandinavians have got it, which is what is the payment that we receive that isn't financial? It's not the one that hits your bank account every month. What is that payment that gives you that feeling that you're earning in a different way, a moral way, a cerebral way. Mm. And so for me, that's, you know, that's become very important. And I apply that in the new role that I've got within uh, Fincelerate. So Fincelerate, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, is a sales accelerator. It's a company that helps fintech companies to, on their journey. And on that journey, they may be very well developed in their strategy, or they may be just an idea on the back, back of a napkin. So applying the skills that myself and the other members of the group have got to these fintechs, you can make them the best they can possibly be. Mm. And that's what we're quite proud of, is that we will help these companies to gain exposure to the right audience. They present themselves in a way that is the most appealing that it can possibly be. And you know, they, they just gain from having the right team on their side. Yeah, fantastic. And I think it's such an important exercise to get everyone identifying what skills they have without saying what their job title is. That's really, really interesting. And I think would be a great takeaway for people if they're thinking about career changes or, or career moves. Really, really useful. So thank you for sharing that. I wanted you to tell us a bit more about your experience becoming a school governor, because I know that you are incredibly active and passionate about improving the opportunities for others. Indeed. So we're recording this podcast in the middle of the financial district and the financial district, EC1, EC2, and also obviously what happens in Mayfair, is one of the richest square miles in the country. I like to walk. And in fact, this morning I, I did a three-mile walk from Victoria. But if I were to do that walk in the, in the eastwards direction towards Tower Hamlets, you would go from the richest part of the country to one of the poorest parts of the country with one of the highest rates of immigration, of poverty, of disparity. Now, disparity, you could explain if it was hundreds of miles away. But if I can put on my walking shoes and do that walk in less than half an hour to a place where... 
you know, you've got some of the highest levels of free school meal requirements where the pandemic was such a problem for this area. You know, it's fine if you're in your nice suburban house and you've got three iPads and whatever to train the kids in homeschooling. If you've got three or four generations living in a small house, and that's not being condescending, but living in a small house where there's one mobile device to share between the family, that disparity gets even bigger. And that's that's really something that you know, is a concern. So, you know, one of the things that I know that the school was very, very keen to do, and I was, you know, very happy to help with, was actually to enable this the kids to have the right tools so that, that gap didn't widen again. Mm. So it was you know, so important that the school had the resources, whether it's technology, whether it's programs designed by some really smart educators, or even it's just the support from the governor saying, it'll be okay. You know, we're here for you. You know, we, you know, we, we know that it's a difficult time, but actually the kids are the most important. And so if you were able to send out a hundred laptops to the kids, if you're able to make sure that there was an online resource for the kids, if you're able to ensure that there was food available because you know, there wasn't any at home or whether there's, there's need for a breakfast club or whether there's need for trips to be financed, you know, that's something that's not that difficult to achieve for people who are earning the top, at the top end but have only got to walk for 25 minutes to get somewhere that's not another country. It's maybe for some of the people that work in certain parts of the city, they're even in the same borough. Yeah. They're in Tower Hamlets. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important that you're sharing this with us and getting people to open their eyes to to you know exactly that, that expecting three children, different age groups at school to be on different laptops at the same time when homeschooling, that, that's just not going to be feasible for a huge percentage of society. But what I love about this is that you identified a problem and you got really involved in trying to do what you could do to solve it. You've also spent a lot of time mentoring. I wanted you just to share with the audience how that started, how it's going, and of course, the benefits. So this is something that happened by accident almost, because it's quite traumatic. If you leave a three, three decade career in the city, I'm not old enough to play golf. I'm only 55. But I thought that there's still another life, there's still something else that needs to be done. And so, yeah, but there's, there is always the trauma. You do the travel when you first leave and then you stare at your wife and you say, now what? I'm sorry if I'm in the house, but yeah, I'm in the house now. Uh, what am I going to do? And then other people see that you've gone through that journey and actually you've come through the other side. You're finding something decent to do with your life. You know, we can accelerate and I've got you know, other projects that I became involved with. And so I've got people saying to me, how did you do that? So, of course, it's the same conversation. It's tell me your skills. And you can ask that question of a 16-year-old who's looking to get into the right sixth form college. You can ask that question of a grad who doesn't know exactly how to present himself at an interview. And, of course, a lot of people, grey hair and no hair, like myself, at the end of what they thought was their career, can actually find a purpose again. They can actually think, OK, well, I do have some use. You know, I have learned stuff. I don't want to be a broker, insurance person, uh, you, know, you know, whatever, again. I actually would be quite keen to rediscover myself. Now, the good thing about of course, what I'm doing now is that I, I can work to some extent on my own timescale. 
And that, again, goes back to the warm, fuzzy feeling of, you know, what makes you happy? If I can travel a bit more with my wife, if I can obviously help people, if you know, if I've got you know two two kids that have just finished, if I can be you know be can even more supportive of them, then that's just as important as that you know check that everyone seems to be obsessed with at the moment. And it's, it's not religious, but it's it's got an element of you know mm. of, of morality to it mm. that you know is very important. And bigger picture thinking, I, I often talk about like the feel good factor, like can you sleep well at night and. Be happy with what you're achieving and what you're contributing. If I've if I've spread that to twenty people, and that's you know that's just on the mentory. I've spread that to twenty people over the last three years. That is important to me. Very important. Yeah, very important. Absolutely, and yeah. it's brilliant to hear how you got involved in it because I'm sure people listening will now be inspired to do the same. So, taking taking us on to my last question, what is your call to action? Because this audience are all about the doing of inclusion. What would you like to see more of? Look up from your wallet. Look up at what's going on around you. Yeah, we, we know that it's been a difficult time during the pandemic. We, we, we were, you know, everyone's suffered, you know, whether internally or externally, everyone's had a difficult time. Ask the question of someone. Ask, ask the question, yeah, how can I help you? Ask the question, is there something that I've got, and it doesn't have to be 10 pound notes, if there's something I've got that would help you in any shape or form. Just, you know, if someone's you know, lost their job, you, know, you can't necessarily give them a job, but chat to them and think, how can you just, you know, make these positive moves? And yeah, so that's that, that's the career part. The part about getting involved in, in society is just something that we, we can all do. And I'm very happy to have any conversations with with anyone that's listening to this, if they if they feel that, you know, they need some direction in either, you know, any, any element of what we've discussed today. Fantastic. And we will make sure that on any post of this podcast that there is an easy way to contact David to follow up any conversations or any further questions. But thank you to everybody for listening to the Humans of Fintech podcast series. David, thank you for joining us.